following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Did you know there were over one million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Did someone say brunch? Leave the egg hunting to the kids. We'll have even more fun hunting for your brilliant brunch Riesling. Ham's sweet and salty richness pairs perfectly with sweeter wines with bold fruit. How about a juicy Pinot Noir? Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! Hi, I'm Eric Kane. And I'm Paul Tassi, and this is Overworld. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the current state of the console race and how it stands between Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, and kind of where we're at at this point in the life cycle of all these consoles. Uh, but before we do that, we just need a, a quick word from our sponsor. Support for Overworld comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. You're confident when it comes to your work and life. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same confidence when it comes to refinancing your existing mortgage or buying a home. Let's you understand all the details so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. Go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes. So yeah, uh, state of the console race. What uh, do you make of it so far, Eric? Well, um, it's interesting. We're kind of in an interesting uh, console race in general, just because it, it you know, I, I think we've talked about this before a little bit, but it feels kind of like, you know, people are sort of eager to hear about PlayStation 5 or xbox 2 or whatever is coming out but all of these consoles sort of feel comfortably okay right now like we're not going to see new consoles anytime soon so we're kind of stuck with what we've got i mean i think the nintendo switch is going to be around for a long time i don't see any reason why sony would release a new a new playstation for at least a few years this is this this should be a long console cycle and uh and yet i don't know i i feel like there there's a number of issues that are sort of affecting each one you know yeah, it seems like we're probably at best two years away from any new console. And I, my guess is the first one. I mean, we could have another simultaneous Sony and Microsoft launch, launch but my guess would be the first one would be a new Xbox because Microsoft is sort of already strongly hinting at that. Um, the Switch is still pretty new in its, its life cycle. Uh, so that's clearly going to be Nintendo's longer term project but then <laughs> once these new consoles arrive and the switch is still there it'll be kind of even even further behind to a certain yeah. extent but obviously power has not been the main draw of the switch but something weird has been happening with Nintendo lately where their stock is just continually going down um, and investors seem kind of skittish about the switch uh even as it's done extremely well and continues to do you know pretty well uh it's kind of a very strange situation where i'm not i'm still trying to wrap my head around exactly why this is happening other than just investors are dumb but <laughs> it's first, first thing I'd be. investors are dumb that's <laughs> yes. probably not the best position to take well they can well they can be um, um reactive and and sort of like a mob you know we, yeah. we see that happen all across yeah. all across multiple different markets and, and in just investing in general yeah it is um it, it it's it's partly because there aren't any really really big games coming out for the switch right now but that's strange because the Switch has some very big games coming out soon, and there is certainly a, quite a bit of other content coming out on a regular basis for the Switch. And there's plenty of indie yeah. They've games. announced you know two of the biggest games yeah. to hit the Switch yet that are both coming out this fall, and like yet that the stock still went down after E3 and after those announcements. And at that point, I kind of have to like ask like what 
like what are you looking for here <laughs> like you have the first kind of real pokemon game for the switch ever you have the new smash brothers which is always a big hit yeah, like short of a new mario kart which is a huge seller like i don't i don't really understand what investors are looking for and i guess you can kind of point to like third party stuff and be like oh well you know nintendo as ever is still kind of behind in third party but they're even doing okay there mm-hmm. i mean they have Fortnite now like that's i you know i was pretty impressed to see that like they're getting kind of random third party ports like warframe and the yeah. third party situation has definitely been worse in the past so i'm not quite sure where this panic is coming yeah from. and indies are selling really well um you know pretty much a lot of games that have come out on other platforms are like like hollow knight or um some of these other games are, are launching on switch and doing quite well by all accounts um and another thing that's coming out soon is the Nintendo online service, which is a subscription service. They're not charging as much as Sony or Microsoft, but that's another almost guaranteed revenue stream at this point uh, because most people, I mean, okay, I don't know about most people, but quite a few people who own Switches are going to want to continue using the online features in the games like Fortnite that they play and, and, and whatnot. So uh, there's a lot of good news for Nintendo in the, in the very near future, and the Switch continues to sell I mean, maybe not as fast as it was in the beginning, of course, but still pretty well. So, yeah, I'm I'm still a little. Yeah, I mean, the only things I can think of are like maybe expectations have been so sky high that like even a little bit of a dip under that is bothering people. And also, I think maybe one sort of unspoken aspect of this that that could be cropping up is the fact that the Switch is the first console to essentially replace nintendo's handhelds going forward and yeah it's selling really well but is it selling well enough that where it would combine you know 3ds and wii u sales or wii and ds sales right i i don't i mean i'd have to look up those exact numbers but i think that's kind of a tall order that maybe a lot of people aren't really thinking about um because this is kind of the first time nintendo hasn't had a dedicated handheld and has merged everything together and like i haven't seen that listed as like explicit rationale for investor worry or whatever but that is something i always wondered about the switch Mm. is if if it was going to sell enough to make up for essentially kind of the slow death of the 3ds like the 3ds isn't totally dead yet but clearly the switch is replacing it like that's not really even a a debate at this point so i I do wonder if that is a potential consideration going forward yeah one one flaw in that reasoning uh is well not in in the your reasoning but in reasoning to be worried is that you know i mean i said this years ago when I first suggested they should make a hybrid console and it's that they can streamline development of all their games onto one system. Um, you know, like the three DS has a lot of first party games, Nintendo developed games. It has third party stuff as well, but now they can just develop like if the three DS is out of the picture, all that content that would have been uh, made for the three DS will just be on the switch instead. And, you know, so that's why we're seeing, you know, Fire Emblem, Pokemon, all that stuff. You know, those games in a previous generation would have been 3DS games, right? Now they're going to be Switch Mm -hmm. games. And they're going to be better looking games. They're going to be more full-featured games because they're going to be for an actual console. I think think that's good news, really, because Nintendo can save money by just streamlining development into one system one line of games rather than breaking it apart into two and that's really the advantage to consumers also they can buy one system and they can take it with them and they can play it at home it's just it's it's that's really the magic of the switch right 
and and that that works on both ends that works on the production end and on the consumer end but um so those lost sales from from a handheld system ideally will also transfer into multiple switch households like we own two switches right lots of households mm-hmm. are going to own more than one switch it's not like a like a Sony PlayStation or uh, Xbox One, uh, it's it's a system that you you know two or three people could be playing around the house, not even on a TV, you know. Um, so so I really think that that's probably an overblown concern. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's that's good logic. Hopefully, investors understand yeah. that. But again, I don't know if they under, if they get all the nuances. So if that is a concern for them, that could be one of the issues that they don't quite. <laughs> see it that way but i yeah i don't know this has been pun puzzling to me but i just don't think there's anything to really be worried about well, yeah the switch and, at this point and you wrote about this i think the other day you talked about how nintendo stock went way up when pokemon go released to such a plum and that was an irrational behavior because nintendo isn't even it's not they're not the only party involved with pokemon sales you know they're not pocketing all that revenue from pokemon go um yeah, they're getting they're a fraction getting, yeah, of it because it's, it's developed by Niantic, built by Niantic, and they, N- Nintendo is one third of the Pokemon company, which made the game in right. partnership with Niantic. And it's like, and unlike, yeah, it's good for them, but they're getting like a tiny piece of the pie, not like well, these billions yeah. of dollars that are. And it's not even one third because you have to think they're they this, the game is released on Android and iOS, so Apple and right. these, uh, and Google are are taking a, a chunk of that money also. Whereas like a Pokemon Go or a Pokemon on 3ds in the past. Nintendo was it was on their system, so they're making a larger chunk of the money, um, and that's you know that's what this these new Pokemon games on the Switch you know are going to be great for Nintendo, and, and really like their integration with Pokemon Go is really interesting, and I just think it's going to be, and I think they're going to sell like crazy, honestly. Yeah, I do too. Even if they're not full Gen Eight Pokemon games, and there is a Gen Eight Pokemon game coming right. next year too, right. so it, it's still probably going to be the best kind of console quote-unquote pokemon game there's been yet and combining that with pokemon go like that's going to be a huge hit i just can't imagine it not being one smash also i mean smash was a big hit on the wii u as far as wii u had big hits so yeah i mean smash isn't like the biggest of big titles it's definitely like probably like top five like behind maybe like mario and mario kart but still yeah that's a big game too so it's it doesn't really hold up that there's that much to be concerned about right now but I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens, but for now, I I just I think that they're in a pretty strong position. Maybe not as crazy as it was last year, like given all the you know hype around that the Switch was actually good and it had these two you know best of the decade contender games out. But you know, I think fall is going to be really good to Nintendo anyway. So. What about you personally? Are you playing your Nintendo Switch? Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> I will say I'm not. <laughs> um. Because, I mean, I've, I've dabbled with Fortnite a little bit on it just to check it out and see how it is, um, which it's, it's good. But I, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been more occupied with kind of the more traditional AAA console games. And, you know, I put 100 hours into Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, yeah. and I will put more hours into Smash and, and Pokemon. It's just there do kind of need to be specific in, instances where I'm going to become like a really dedicated switch player for a given time. Or if I was on like some really long vacation and didn't have access to things, I'd probably bring my switch with me and in place up there, but I haven't done that for a while. So day to day, like as just sort of, you know, dude with no kids, like just playing video games, like that's not really my go-to 
platform of choice. Whereas you and your family, like I imagine you play switch a good amount more. I don't know. Actually, like I, I still default to, to the PlayStation four. Um, I really like, I, I don't know if it's just cause I have the most stuff on there or, or what it is. Um, but I certainly like my son plays a lot of switch and it's very convenient for taking on trips and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess for me personally, once, you know, Odyssey and Breath of the Wild and Mario, well, I'd already played a lot of Mario Kart, so I, n- I never played that much on the Switch. Um, but like when it comes to a game like Fortnite, you know, I still, I mean, we'll see with season five, but I still generally, you know, pick up a normal controller and play on the TV. Um, yeah, this is kind of a problem, a core problem with the Switch where the portability is a great feature, but for most games, if you have the ability to play it on a more traditional mm-hmm. console or PC or something, you're probably going to. Like, it's a convenience thing. Like, I'd probably, I'd rather play Fortnite on Switch if I was on the go than, than say, mobile. Yeah, definitely. But the Fort, like, it's, Switch is never going to be my main platform for Fortnite. Like, that's just not how it is. And even if, like, and this isn't even happening right now, but like, let's say, you know, Far Cry 5 had come out for both Switch and PS4. I probably still would have picked it on PS4 because it would run better and be smoother. And like, yeah, I lose portability, but I don't necessarily need that on a, you know, a daily basis. So if given the choice, I'm going to pick a third party game on a regular console, unless Nintendo has some like brilliant, not available anywhere else first party offering Which, but that's always kind of been nintendo's <laughs> problem it's like a new issue for nintendo yeah. the past couple generations so yeah and that's and that's also partly you know admittedly like our bias right like you know you go to a, a gaming conference or comic-con or anything like that you're gonna see a whole bunch of people carrying around 3ds's uh and i don't i don't like go to those things and then play 3ds or or mobile games really that much but but some people like kind of came up with mobile gaming or with handheld gaming and play it a lot. And that's like their default, you know, whereas someone like me, I came up on PC gaming and then, and, and like traditional console gaming. So I've always been more the type to play games on a TV or a monitor. And then when I am not at home, I just didn't ever have games with me. I didn't, I didn't ever have handheld gaming systems when I was a kid. Um, really? Yeah. You didn't have Game Boy? No, I didn't have Game Boy. I mean, I was lucky okay. to have I mean, I didn't, Nintendo. I didn't, Game Boy, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any video game consoles until I was like 11, and my first one was N64. Yeah. Because my parents didn't believe in, in video game consoles. Yeah, that sounds- <laughs> and now I do this for a living as a <laughs> form of rebellion. So <laughs> When I was a kid, um, the first time I played a Nintendo, the original Nintendo, was my, my aunt. She had one, and I played it, and I was just like, oh, my God, I no, I, and I'd heard kids talking about Nintendo and I just had no idea what it was. And then my parents told me I would never, ever, ever have a Nintendo. Like they didn't believe they, they were just, you know, they were firm and I was like, okay, I guess I'll never have. And then they got me a Nintendo for my birthday and I literally cried when I opened it up. I was, I was so surprised and excited. <laughs> it was almost cruel. <laughs> but, they trolled you. Your parents yeah, trolled, trolled you. And I didn't even know how to express that at the time. But um, and then I had you know every Nintendo console after that pretty much except for, let's see, I did not ever buy a Wii. Do you have a GameCube? I had a GameCube. I had an N sixty four. I had a Super Nintendo. But no, I never had a Wii. Um, I didn't own a Wii because my roommate had a Wii, so I yeah. didn't need one. Yeah, and this was before I was writing about video games full time, and there wasn't that much to write about on Wii <laughs> to begin <laughs> yeah. with. So, well, at that point, you know when I. When I, you know, at that point I was grown up and 
I was poor and I had to pick and choose. So I focused on, I had a PC that I built and I had a uh, PlayStation 2, you know? And yep. I didn't have an original Xbox. I uh, didn't have an original I didn't have had two games for it. I had Halo 1 and 2, and that was it. Yeah, I well, I had a... I, the only games I had. I had a friend that had the Xbox, so I remember just playing Halo, the original Halo, and just loving it and wishing I had an Xbox, but... Local multiplayer yeah, it was with great. My, my friends. So fantastic. <laughs> Hang them high. Anyway, we're getting... Yeah, to yeah, getting a little so nostalgic we'll here. To, <laughs> we'll pivot to the to Xbox and PlayStation yeah. um, and see how they're doing, but first of all, we'll take another quick sponsor break here. Um, support for Overwatch world comes from our friends at rocket mortgage by quicken loans the mortgage company that decided to ask why why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks why can't they make adjustments to their rate and term in real time and why can't there be a client-focused technological mortgage revolution Quicken Loans answers all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. All right. We got through that pretty pretty nicely, yes, actually. we did. You're better at doing the fine print. <laughs> well, I don't try to do <laughs> it really. Over I want to do it fast like in um, the commercials you see on TV where they're like, he wasn't But they're like, like an auctioneer or something. But I can't make I think all they the che- I think they artificially speed it up. Oh, so yeah, we should do that in the future. We could probably – you know, edit this after the fact just and the just last sentence, the last yeah. sentence, speed it out. Just be all high pitched and stuff. <laughs> um, so, so anyways, we're, we're pivoting to really, I, I would say Microsoft and Sony kind of have to be talked about in the same breath. Whereas Nintendo is still kind of on its own planet as ever. <laughs> yeah. It's own, it's own Mario galaxy or whatever. Uh, because Mar- Microsoft and, and Sony are essentially offering us the same product, you know, there is nothing really distinguishing a PlayStation 4 from an Xbox One, except for maybe, you know, the user interface, the um, the online services are pretty similar, but then the games, I guess, the games. And really, you know, yeah, I mean, about the, the, the state of the race really is essentially <laughs> the, One X, the One X is slightly more powerful, or I mean, decently more powerful than the PS4 Pro, but then PS4 obviously has just wildly better exclusive titles to the point where it's not really even close yeah um so i don't know microsoft is in this position where they understand kind of the gap there and they are making strides to close that the the problem is just that game development is such a lengthy kind of arduous process that if they're kind of taking these steps now and buying these studios and like announcing these projects and this and that like it's kind of unclear when we're going to see the the fruits of this labor. And I mean, it depends how far along some stuff is, but I, I would say we're, we're going to be at least a full two years off, two, three, even four years off from some of these titles kind of arriving and seeing what, you know, they're, they're going to put out and there'll be some stuff in the interim. Like there's a new Gears of War game and there's a new Halo game and kind of the usual, but I guess, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) started crackdown. But like the point is, is like we need more than just the usual at this point. We need something. We either need those series to evolve in like super significant ways, or we need something 
kind of totally new and unexpected. So yeah, and really, it's a tough, tough order. But the, the time frame you just listed is also the you'll you'll notice the time frame we listed for when maybe new consoles could start releasing, right? So if you're looking two, three, four years into the future, I guess the question Microsoft has to ask is: Do we release these games for Xbox One, or do we start preparing for a really strong launch for whatever Xbox comes after that? You know. And yeah, I got to say strong launch because like, well, sure. If I think you we don't, well, that. also their big mantra is backwards compatibility. So you have to think whatever they do launch is probably going to be, well, I don't know. I guess it depends, but I guess backwards compatibility is more about playing old games on new systems, not new games on old systems necessarily, but perhaps they can do both. Yeah. I mean, and it, this is all kind of complicated by the fact that Microsoft also releases their first party exclusives on PC at the same time. So like it all, it's not quite so, so Sony has a, such a different equation, you know, their exclusives, well, they, they've been coming out consistently. They can ride on their coattails at this point. There, there are some very big uh, games coming up like the last of us part two. And more than likely by the time the next place, the PlayStation five or whatever comes out, they will have a pretty strong lineup going into that and they'll also have the confidence of the consumer who knows that they're consistently putting out these great games that they can't get anywhere else and you can't play those games on pc you know i think it's a really generous and kind of awesome thing that microsoft is is letting you buy you know gears of war one time and play it on your pc or your xbox but it definitely takes a little bit of that need to have an Xbox out of the picture. It's just kind of confusing because, like, I don't know what to make of statements like, you know, when Phil Spencer's like, oh, our goal is to have, you know, Microsoft exclusives on on as many platforms as we can. And it's like, that's... <laughs> that's not an exclusive. But then you're just, you're just a game developer. <laughs> like, you're, like, what is... <laughs> what is the point of having, of spending so much time and effort on your own hardware then if you don't care about having any exclusives at all? Like, I... It's weird because like it is it is a pro consumer kind of thing and like it does feel generous so it's it's like weird a weird thing to complain about but it certainly doesn't feel like it's on track to kind of give them a real advantage and I guess you could say that, you know maybe they're making up for having not as amazing you know exclusives with the fact that at least they're they're more accessible and like you know that they have more flexibility there and with crossplay and all that stuff and that, that's that's a net benefit and that's why you'd want an Xbox over a PlayStation, but I'm not sure that's enough. And I still think you need those games mm-hmm. to kind of compete with Sony and Nintendo for that matter. Cause obviously their first party titles are great. And that's well, yeah. just, and that's, the, that's the key yet. word is compete. Um, I think that the problem with what, with Microsoft strategy is that it leaves them coming. They just don't seem as competitive as Sony in this, in this regard. And that, that puts Sony. I don't like. I don't like Sony being so far so far ahead in the console race because it gives Sony this ability to kind of well, like, like we've seen recently with crossplay. Um, they are pretty much the ones that are that are making crossplay, like with a game like Fortnite or Rocket League or these other these other multiplayer games, impossible. And you know, with Fortnite in particular, we've seen how you can't even use the same account that you used with your PlayStation on your Xbox or Nintendo, which is pretty egregious as far as i'm concerned and yeah, and that's where so, i kind of drew the line <laughs> once yeah. that happened i'm like all right <laughs> messed up yeah so i so, that, more that's the thing though. like that's that. sony's that's <laughs> sony's like biggest problem right now and if that's their biggest problem i guess they're probably still doing pretty well because like what is like, what is really happening with the crossplay thing like 
that issue is was all the buzz for maybe a week and a half, two weeks, and like I haven't heard anything about it in really a week, and like I guess it'll come up again in the future. But this is the thing about Sony, like they're in such a far lead that they're just kind of content to just kind of brush off what little controversies do erupt, and I, I genuinely don't know if they're going to end up doing anything about it. And just hope that people just forget it and move on and make new Fortnite accounts and just, yeah. you know, hibernate until the next controversy. Um, Probably. And I, I don't really like that philosophy, but I, I understood it, like, from their perspective when it was just cross-play. Like, oh, you know, I don't want to give you the ability to play Call of Duty with your friends on Xbox because, like, we want... Like we want to, because we're winning, we want to encourage this sort of tribalism where, because so many of your friends own a PlayStation, you also want to buy a PlayStation to be able to play with them. Like that's kind of sucks, but it makes sense. Whereas this new Fortnite thing, where if you have a Fortnite account that has ever touched a PS4, it ruins that account on every other platform pretty much ever. That is a new level of like kind of active harm (laughs) to consumers that I, I don't think is, is forgivable. And if that's something that continues, I think that's where the real real issue lies for them. Yeah. I think also Fortnite has just really been kind of like lifting the scales from people's eyes. Like we never really thought too much about crossplay between Xbox and PlayStation when it came to Call of Duty. You know, that was never like I mean, yeah, people talked about it now and then. Wouldn't it be cool? You know, but it was never really an issue because, you know, people were just used to playing on their own platform and it was fine. And then Fortnite came along and, and, and rocket league came along and some of these other games, but especially Fortnite, where they're like, Hey, we can do cross play, but not just between consoles. We can do it on your iPhone and your PC. And, you know, people on iPhone can play with people on PC and it's going to work fine. Like it's it. And it does. I mean, I don't know how, how often that actually happens, but um, you really can. And it really does work. And we even saw them, you know, Epic accidentally, uh, do that with PlayStation and Xbox too. So we we know that this all works fine. Now it's really obvious that this is something that could be a benefit to everyone. Um, and I think that that especially as we're you know we we're always hearing that the the end of consoles is coming right, and pretty soon it's just not gonna we're not gonna have physical consoles. Um, I don't know how true that is, but you know probably someday that is true. And and then it it may there's even less reason not to have some form of crossplay. You know. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a good closing question is kind of, you know, we're, we're talking about all these boxes competing with one another. And like last generation, it was also predicted like, oh, this is the last console generation, blah, blah, blah. But like, clearly that's not the case. But everyone is sort of getting on this like streaming train bandwagon. Like we've heard a bunch of developers talk about it. We've kind of heard you know, Microsoft hints at it. And there's all these other services that are now streaming games. Like when... Can we arrive there? And like, when do you think we could arrive there? And and sort of what does that look like? Like, does this just end with like Microsoft streaming games to smart TVs and like, that's it? Like no more Xbox or are, are we a lot further away than people think from that? I mean, I think we've got at least one more pretty long console generation ahead of us. I just don't see that, that we're, we're at a place where, you don't, you know, and I, I would say like something like Xbox Games Pass is kind of the future, right? Like a, a subscription service to content, um, and then you can just like grab your controller and hook up to your TV and just play. And and you know, someday TVs will have that kind of the the enough uh, horsepower built into the TV itself that combined with the the streaming or the download capabilities. I don't know, but it does feel like it's still a long ways off. 
Um, yeah, and like it's everyone wants it to be instant because we're 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 living in the TV and movie streaming era already. Right. So it's like, well, clearly games are next, and yet they're so it's, different. It's a totally different animal because <laughs> if your Netflix stutters or something for two seconds, it's fine. But like, a streaming an entire you know 4K 60 FPS game or whatever is is a whole nother level of kind of technical difficulty, and the repercussions of it not working are just. Mm-hmm massive like if there is any latency like any stuttering like you can just you know the game will be either terrible or you will like physically be unable to play it and fail x or y you know task because of that and so it unlike kind of regular streaming until this is perfect and until frankly you know people have access to you know better internet in all parts of the world where that's hardly a sure thing for a lot of people like this can't really become the mainstream like it can become an option but it to just flat out replace consoles with streaming. It just, there's, there are a lot of barriers ahead to kind of make that a reality. Right. And, and even, you know, just changing consumer behavior. Like I think that something like Xbox games pass is kind of a predecessor to this model. Like if enough people are on this already and then they move into this model where now you can, you know, and then same with PlayStation now, like, you know, I can load up PlayStation now on my computer and I can play PlayStation games that were that are, you know, PlayStation exclusives like Uncharted and stuff like that's a move towards sort of a different model. But, yeah, it's going to I don't think it's anytime soon. I, I think I think it's like you said, like the, the idea behind games and the way they work is just so, so completely different. So I think we're going to be having this conversation many times in the future as as we do. I do think it's kind of inevitable, ultimately, uh, that that you'll want to be able to play your game anywhere on any device. You know, you want to be able to just hook up a controller or a keyboard or whatever. And uh, I think that's, we're going to see that more and more, but it's going to take time. Yeah. Oh my God, Eric, we totally, we totally forgot to mention the, the new dark horse competitor in the console race. Oh yes. The Atari VCS. (laughs) Atari. (laughs) Oh, speaking of getting into the wrong market with the wrong (laughs) device, what is going on with Atari? What, what is and that? I mean, is that just, I don't know. just an Ouya all over again? It's an Ouya. It's, it's like a right? better branded Ouya. It's not an Ouya because Ouya was like Android phone games. And this is more of a Steam box. But boy, do I not <laughs> think this is going to pan out. And yeah, they had their little Kickstarter Indiegogo fun thing. And like, I interviewed those guys. And like, I think they want to make a console, but I just it's not competing with anything. Like it's not, it's not even close. And if you're pitching me that like, Oh, we got like borderlands two running on this thing, like in 2018, like it's, <laughs> and that's like yeah. kind of the best tidbit of information you can give me. Like I don't have terribly high hopes for that. So that, that just seems kind of another in a long line of like, that would be <laughs> out of nowhere competitors. And th- this one has only gotten kind of more attention because of the Atari name but that's kind of just all it is right now is the, is the Atari name. So well, I, I know a lot of people got really excited about that and interpreted it as like our Atari is making like a new competitive console. But like in all seriousness, like I can't imagine that that's in any way what's going to be produced in the end. I mean, why were, why are people excited for a new console to begin with? Like, why do we want to have another thing that we spend hundreds of dollars on in a market that's already got plenty of plenty of players? We, I mean, it's not like 
a new phone company that makes a new new Android phone. Like that doesn't really matter. But if like it was offering something totally different. Like sure, maybe. Sure. Like but like if Atari came out and was like, oh, we're the Atari Streambox, and like we had, we signed up all these AAA developers, and like you could stream all their games, and it's like fifteen dollars mm-hmm. a month. Like if it was totally disruptive or something. Sure then sure. sure. But like, it's not that, like not at all. <laughs> and yeah. as such, it's, it's probably going to be ignored like that. And like, it'll, it's your mantle, but that's, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looks nice, I guess it's kind of retro, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, people were so excited about the Ouya on Kickstarter. I remember, I remember, and they used that word disruptive. They were going to disrupt the, uh, the console business. And, Man, that it was just. Such I a will thing. say, I never understood the the Ouya hype, even when the Ouya was like bef- before. It was like this clear failure. Like I didn't get what people were seeing in it or what they thought they would get out of it, other than like phone games on your TV. And like this, I, I felt the same way about Steam machines. Like, oh, here's this forty oh, yeah. different models of Steam machines that range from like five hundred to two thousand dollars. Like, what? Like, who is that for? Like why? I mean, yeah, they're just PCs with Linux on them. Yeah, and I well, I asked Atari. I'm like, well, how is your thing different than a Steam machine? They're like, oh, ours is like uniform spec and like it's 300 bucks, and those were like really expensive. I'm like, oh, I guess that's true, (laughs) but then it's just sort of a low end Steam box. So yeah, exactly. I don't know, man. (laughs) Like at least you know, with Xbox or PlayStation, you're getting a system that has clearly offers functionality that that a computer well less so with xbox these days but you know it it offers something it offers a a a, um a platform where you can play multiplayer games you can play exclusives you can it it has great graphics i mean really it's a console these days is a fantastic deal i mean look at god of war on playstation 4 look how good that looks and on a four hundred dollar device like the ps4 pro Mm -hmm. i mean that's an extraordinary value like you you just would have to spend more buying a gaming or building a gaming PC at, at, to get graphics that look that good. So yeah, whereas Atari is offering what some old some old Atari games and Borderlands, some old border, you know, some old not Atari games, just old games. I don't know. And again, it's like these retro consoles that that Nintendo comes out with, like the mini NES. Yeah, like, okay, you could get it. You know, this is what every, every time I write about this, somebody on Facebook is like, why not just get an emulator and a controller? And it's like, okay, well, a lot of people don't do emulators. So that's yeah. why, first of all. And the little box is cute and it's fun. And it's, you know, it's 30 games for 60 bucks unless you pay somebody on eBay $1,000. Like there's something intrinsically and obvious uh, value added by purchasing these kind of systems. Atari, I just don't even know. I had, do not expect great things from this Atari. Yep. It is not the same company as before. Like, wow, I can't believe Atari won the console generation. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> Who saw God. that coming? Who saw that coming? We'll have to edit this part out if that happens. <laughs> uh, we should we should reach out to Atari and see when Fortnite's coming to their um to their system okay that skyrim <laughs> i i swear I, I swear they were going to tell me that skyrim was coming out for it but they didn't so okay i wouldn't be surprised there's going to be at least like six more skyrim launches before the next elder scroll game oh, yeah, absolutely. like <laughs> we're gonna be on ps5 and they're gonna be like skyrim double oh, remastered same bugs higher <laughs> definition textures yeah <laughs> horse armor included <laughs> Uh, well, all right. So that's the state of the console race. Uh, I, I think, I think you know, nothing huge is happening right now. We're going to be stuck with these consoles for years to come. Things are good. Uh, Everything's good. Things Just are good. I mean, really, it's a great time. Buy one or two consoles, and you'll you'll have a lot of good stuff. 
That's good. Tons of it. Too much stuff. Yeah. I don't mind. I can't keep up with all of this. Yeah. We don't need another console to make it even harder to keep up with everything. No. And we didn't even talk about Steam. Like we said Steam boxes, but that's another barrel of worms. We'll have to nope, talk about yep, it. that's <laughs> for another day. <laughs> Thanks for listening. That's it for this episode of Overworld. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, find me on Twitter at Eric Kane. You can find me on Twitter at Paul Tassi. Also, please download the show on iTunes and podcastone.com. And if you could, please leave a rating and review. It would really help the show out a lot. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Everybody loves honey glazed carrots. A great side dish for your springtime celebration and a delicious compliment to a sweet, bright Moscato. Your Bloody Mary bar will be the talk of brunch with the vodka I'm stocking. Pile those toppings sky high. Serving lamb this season? Try it with a bold Cabernet from the trendy Paso Robles region. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.